and welcome to the first ever episode of Filmocast. My name is David Toms. Firstly, I just want to introduce everyone to the podcast, as this is the first episode and a little bit of a tester to kind of ease people in. It's going to be a little bit shorter than I hope it will be in coming episodes. I'm going to do exactly the same format, just a little bit more compressed, just to get people used to what I want to do with this podcast. So this podcast is going to be about film news, filmmaking news, and everything in between. And I kind of want to blur the lines a little bit between those two subjects. Introduce people that are only interested in going to the cinema to what goes on behind the scenes and also for those of you that are interested in the filmmaking side of things because you are a filmmaker or are interested in getting into filmmaking then we'll also be talking about the news in the industry as well and kind of some exciting developments. So a little bit about me, I am a filmmaker from Birmingham in the United Kingdom as you can probably tell from my voice and I write and direct short films. I also edit as well and do a little bit of freelance corporate work to kind of uh, pay the bills. But uh, my main goal in the next couple of years is to direct a feature film. And I know that's pretty everyone's goal in the filmmaking industry, at least starting out. But um, I really hope I can do it soon. Um, Writing a really exciting short film at the moment, which I hope to film this summer. And my last short film, The Objects, has recently been selected into the Pasadena International Film Festival in California, which I am attending next week when you listen to this. So, uh, I just want to get straight into things. Uh, enough talking from me about myself and what I do and about the podcast. I'm just going to go straight into uh, the headlines of the film world. So, of course, starting off first, really sad news this past week from uh, from New York City as uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, a very accomplished and very critically acclaimed actor, was found dead uh, in his apartment and uh, ScreenRant.com has got a really good write-up about uh, the 10 greatest Philip Seymour Hoffman performances um, and kind of just talks about his legacy a little bit. Uh, it's got his performance from Happiness in 1998, uh, Before the Devil Knows you dead, You're Dead, uh, Michelin Impossible 3, uh, Magnolia, of course, uh, and one of my favourite films uh, from his, uh, Synecdoche, New York, which is a bit strange. Uh, and, and a little bit, um, a little bit out in left field. Some people didn't quite like it, didn't quite understand it. That isn't included in this, but uh, I would have liked to have seen that in this. Um, that film, of course, from Charlie Kaufman. Uh, probably the first time I ever saw uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in that film, which I know was quite late on. Um, so, I mean, this is quite shocking because I'd only got really to know the body of work of Philip Seymour Hoffman in the last five years, I would say. So. It's horrible, sad news. Um, you know, very young, only in his 40s, didn't really need to go this soon. Uh, and, and no one does, you know, in, in the Hollywood world expect this kind of thing to happen. But uh, unfortunately, had some demons, had some background. And it's, a very, it's very sad uh, that he, he passed away. But uh, really great write-up there on ScreenRant.com, kind of talking about his legacy, which... Uh, you know, it is something people need to focus on. I think now that uh, now that he's gone, not really focus on the the whys, ifs, and buts about why he he went. Um, but you know, focus on his his legacy, his great work that that he uh, accomplished over his career, especially in the nineties and uh, the two thousands. So some other headlines now. A little bit a little bit happier news. The Lego Movie is opening this weekend, uh, and 
a lovely write-up on therap.com, basically very optimistic for once about Hollywood, which is not something you usually get lately. It's usually very critical of Hollywood's kind of blockbuster uh, form that they've got going on at the moment. Basically just saying that uh, the Warner Brothers animated tale is expected to top at least $40 million, uh, its opening weekend. And uh, there's also the George Clooney movie uh, Monuments Men, which is a World War II art heist. Uh, and that's also expected to top between 15 and 20 million by analysts. So it's nice to see that there's some different movies coming out, original content, sort of, based off uh, pre-existing franchises, but not film franchises, which I think is the important thing. And it's nice to see Hollywood doing something different with that. So moving on, uh, we've got a really interesting uh, article fairly short article actually on Screen Junkies, just talking about Zac Efron. Now I got to know Zac Efron's acting talent uh, from the film 17 again. Uh, it had obviously Chandler from from Friends in it. Uh, and that that film kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I was, I was a little bit shocked to find out that Zac Efron actually had quite good acting talent. Uh, obviously he was mocked and kind of people joked about him from his, his Disney high school musical days but no I, I thought I think he's a very quite a good actor considering his background you know in that area and uh, it's an interesting article here about um, how that awkward moment which stars of course um, Zac Efron, Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller uh, isn't doing swell at the cinema. Looking forward to seeing the film that he's in with Seth Rogen, uh, Neighbours which um, I'm really excited to see in the cinema, uh, about him ne living next door to this young couple. Uh, Seth Rogen plays the dad, uh, and there's a baby involved. And he kind of plays this fraternity kind of jock, I suppose you'd call it, who lives next door and causes trouble, and they have a bit of a, a prank war, which I, I personally think looks really good. Um, but I'm excited to see that, to be honest. Uh, I'm I'm really kind of excited to see how that kind of turns out. Because I, I, I expected... Zac Efron, when I first saw him in a film, to be very hammy, very Disney. Uh, but it actually turns out he's quite a good actor, as I said. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what he does with his career. He's very young, so, I mean, he's got a lot of potential going forward. Um, also, some really good news here. Uh, talking of Disney and Disney people, uh, Disney earnings for Frozen and Thor uh, are climbing steadily. Frozen, of course, was the uh, kind of winter animated story uh very disney very classic disney but it's obviously 3d in the vein of pixar um about a kind of fantasy world with talking snowmen and, and two sisters one of which with ice powers really really good film uh it's been critically acclaimed um but it's it is literally climbing and climbing and climbing with revenue um and apparently uh they're predicting disney's earnings this year to be 12.25 billion uh, which is amazing. I mean, Disney is one of the biggest media companies in the world, so it's not that amazing. But considering that, um, you know, a few years ago, people always used to say, oh, Disney can't do it anymore. They're only relying on Pixar. Granted, this is a sort of Pixar-esque film, but it's really nice to see that they've, obviously they've, they've got Marvel now as well under their, under their belt. So that's obviously making money for them. Uh, and speaking of superheroes, uh, a really interesting story. I'm a big professional wrestling fan, a uh, big fan of the WWE. Uh, there's a story come out about The Rock hinting at a possible Green Lantern role. Um, and basically, uh, we all know that 
uh, well, we've known from rumours since the beginning of the year that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been in talks with Warner Brothers over a possible DC movie role. Uh, but it's really strange because there is... Uh, you, you see, there's photos of him from Instagram and he's with people uh, that look inconspicuous at first. But uh, you, when you notice that it's actually... Um, it says hashtag John Stewart... Um, can still whoop Superman's ass. Obviously, very rock-like to say whoop an ass in in a uh, kind of hashtag. But he he says um, obviously John Stewart is one of those prominent Green Lanterns, and it is very interesting. People are saying because he's, he keeps hinting and hinting and hinting at it, and there's been all this casting news lately as well, uh, which I think. It's quite strange that, uh, you know, we get all this influx of, of casting news from the Batman vs. Superman film, with some more news coming up next as well. Um, and then this all, the rumours about him uh, flying out and he's teasing it. So I think I think there could be um, some real foundation to that story. I, I don't really think that that is just a kind of a coincidence. I think he, uh, and The Rock always teases people uh, on Twitter with a kind of rumours and stuff. So... Who knows? This could actually come to fruition. I'd be quite excited to see what The Rock did with it. Um, obviously, The Rock known for action movies. But they've got some quite strong actors in this film. You've got Ben Affleck, obviously, playing Batman. And then also the news coming out now, uh, which came out the last couple of weeks, about Jesse Eisenberg, obviously, of Social Network fame and Zombieland, uh, being cast as Lex Luthor. And some people are saying it's a very bad decision. I personally am quite excited about this. I really like... Um, I really, really like uh, Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. And it's interesting to see that uh, he's been cast as yet another eccentric billionaire. A couple of people have said that on the internet as well. Um, but there's apparently talk that it's going to be more of a, a younger kind of Lex Luthor. And, and will be... Some reports as well saying that he'll be uh, covered in tattoos. And obviously he'll be bald. Um, but shaved bald. It's like a skinhead kind of look. Um, and apparently there's a, there's the reports coming from the Latino Review, which is usually quite good for rumours, saying that uh, he's going to have a tattooed sleeve of the Metropolis skyline, obviously Metropolis, Superman's home city. Uh, so he's the richest man in the world, a tech genius, ruthless businessman, and became a self-made millionaire, a billionaire at age 18, similar to the Mark Zuckerberg character in some ways, but also quite different. Um, it's just very interesting that, that there's all these rumours coming out and obviously there's a lot of spoilers in this that, uh, about the story which I'm not going to repeat in case you guys don't want to hear it but um, take a look at ScreenRant.com they've got a big uh, big write-up on it and, and kind of uh, what was reported from um, from Latino Review very interesting stuff it, it'd be interesting to see what they did with it it really would and uh, speaking of Batman vs Superman again uh, we've got uh, some more Rumours about the, the, the Batsuit and why they're going for young Lex Luthor. Um, basically just talking about that uh, they're kind of trying to go for a, a next generation of of kind of superheroes. Obviously Ben, ben Affleck's older, which is sort of in the same vein as where they left off with The Dark Knight Rises, obviously. Um, spoilers if you've not seen that by now uh, but obviously Batman at the end of the film he's still alive and uh, there was rumours that they were going to try and cast Christian Bale he was offered an, an amazing amount of money uh, but 
that never came to fruition. Obviously, Ben Affleck got it. And also, there's a big discussion point on the internet, hugely, obviously, a Batman being a comic book character. Quite a lot of geek following, including myself. I'm a huge Batman fan. Um, and there's people talking about, what's the bat suit going to be like? And Matt Damon uh, said to MTV that he's seen a picture, and it's excellent. And he's talked to me about the storyline, and it's great. Uh, he's known him for 30-something years, and he'd be the first guy to be like, what are you doing? But he really thinks the movie's great. So that's interesting that Matt Damon thinks that. Now, obviously, Matt Damon, not really known for being a big comic book nerd. I don't know whether or not the internet's really going to be kind of subdued with that comment, but uh, I'm very interested to see the first poster and the first official kind of stills uh, first promo shots of Batman. Uh, we know what Superman looks like, obviously, from Man of Steel, and uh, Henry Cavill did a really good job, I felt, of playing uh, quite a dark and brooding Superman, uh, very much in the same vein as Christ Christopher Nolan's films. So I want to know exactly what they're going to do different with this, because there's talk about this being very much Zack Snyder's film, and not anything to do with the Christopher Nolan universe outside of the fact that it's the follow-on from the Christopher Nolan-produced Man of Steel, uh, and uh, David S. Goyer, who obviously wrote uh, Batman Begins and helped the story on Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, he obviously was involved heavily in the writing of Man of Steel, and he has been involved in the writing of this, uh, Man of Steel 2, Batman vs. Superman, whatever it's being called. But horrible news, of course, it's been pushed back to 2016, which uh, I'm quite disappointed about. I was really looking forward to that next year. Uh, just wrapping up the kind of film news now as we move towards talking about filmmaking news. Got a little bit about filmmaking to talk about. Um, there is uh, news coming out about Andrew Garfield. Uh, and of course, Andrew Garfield plays Spider-Man. A lot of superhero news, obviously. Superhero is one of the backbones of Hollywood at the moment. Um, and apparently, Andrew Garfield is sealed and signed and sealed, uh, this article from Next Movie says, to play... Um, Peter Parker in the third film uh, of after the Amazing Spider-Man two, but beyond that, apparently uh, he doesn't want he doesn't want to be part of it. This is what uh, MTV also reported, which uh, next movie picked up on. Um, he doesn't really know whether or not from his quote saying he's under contract for another one. Uh, as far as a fourth, that's not anything to do with me. Uh, director Mark Webb, which I always find hilarious that his last name's Webb. Um, considering he's Spider-Man director, added that he's always con uh, conceived of his Spider-Man vision as a trilogy. Um, obviously, quite notably, the um, the original Spider-Man movies uh, with Tobey Maguire, they were a trilogy, and the third one got slated by critics. And it, I, I mean, I personally didn't have a huge problem with it, but there was a lot going on with it, and people didn't like it because it had too much forced into one movie, which, you know, I can see what, what people mean about that. Um, of course, uh, some little bits of tidbits of news just to finish us off here. We've got David S. Goyer, uh, the writer behind Batman Begins and, of course, a story behind Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight, Man of Steel and a lot of other big films. Uh, apparently is now going to be directing a film called The Breach, uh, which is uh, been made by Lionsgate and adapted from a novel by Patrick Lee. Uh, apparently they beat it. They they beat Warner Brothers to the punch 
to get the project sorted. And it's about a former cop turned ex-con who discovers a strange artifact among a wreckage of a crashed 747 that might hold a key to the fate of the future. Sounds quite interesting. Uh, obviously a lot of Christopher Nolan's crew at the moment going out and doing their own thing. We've got, I'll say a lot, there's him and uh, Chris Nolan's former uh, cinematographer. Uh, Wally Fister, who's now directing a film called Transcendence, which I'm looking forward to seeing. The trailer looks really, really good. Um, so it's interesting to see that uh, somewhat piggybacked on the success of the Dark Knight trilogy and all those other films, um, that these people are really getting into their own projects. Really exciting time for them, and best of luck to them for it. I mean, David Escoy is a really good storyteller. Hopefully he can continue that into the directing world. Um, finally, a little tidbit of news. Um and I'm sure that uh, my fiance would be interested to hear about this. Uh, Jared Leto, obviously of 30 Seconds to Mars fame, also had a part in Fight Club, and he's been an actor for a, a good few years, um, uh, was heckled recently at a uh, an event at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival for his film Dallas Buyers Club. And uh, basically, they uh, the, the, the heckler basically said that he doesn't deserve to play a, uh, a transgendered role because he's a man and uh, quite calmly Jared Leto just invited him backstage and apparently wanted to hear his point and talk to him and kind of uh, discuss the problem with him. This is from therap.com. Uh, very interesting tidbit. Uh, very strange as well that he was able to remain so calm. Not many people can do that when, when heckled. Uh, so just a little tidbit of news there that I just thought I'd round up the news with. So uh, thank you very much for listening to the uh, film news part of the podcast. If you tune out now, then, uh, you know, that's that's absolutely fine. Thank you for downloading the podcast. But we're just going to move on quickly to a couple of uh, pieces of news about filmmaking. Uh, both of these are from No Film School. And this is basically just talking about a couple of things that bits, one bit of advice and also a really interesting thing that happened. There was an online Super Bowl commercial that uh, happened from Apple celebrating the 30 year anniversary of the Macintosh computer. And apparently it was shot entirely on an iPhone and uh, it was on the iPhone 5S. And basically uh, had a huge crew, big cinematographer kind of thing, lighting, everything. And obviously people are saying that uh, it was shot entirely on that. But let's be honest, with all that extra equipment, people can make any camera look good. And what they've basically done is just kind of done a bit of a write-up on nofilmschool.com about it. And there's also behind the scenes as well to take a look at, which was very interesting to see how uh, using a mobile phone kind of just proves there's no real excuse for not making a film if you haven't got equipment and you've got a phone these days. Uh, I'm sure there, somewhere in the world there's been iPhone movies gone into film festivals. And finally, just to finish us off today, um, on nofilmschool.com again, this is an article and a video uh, featuring Edgar Wright, uh, just basically talking about his use of close-ups uh, from Short of the Dead to Hot First of the World's End, etc., etc. It talks about that uh, his use of close-ups goes unnoticed as soon as you notice it, I suppose, and that he uses it throughout his films. Uh, so, well worth a look at that. Look at how a, obviously, top-level Hollywood director uses a certain tool to their advantage and how it could benefit you. It's called The Art of Close-Ups on nofilmschool.com. 
So, that about wraps us up. Quite short for the filmmaking news today. Kind of want to focus more on the film news, just because there was so much of it. Uh, but going forward, hopefully have them about probably 60-40, uh, 60% film news, 40% filmmaking news, because I know film news is obviously got a huge appeal whereas filmmaking news is, is a lot more niche obviously there's loads of of us out there but film news seems to be the most interesting topic for people but suggestions are very welcome please uh tweet at me at david toms t-o-m-s and also email me as well david at gwynplainefilms.com g-w-y-n-p-l-a-i-n-e films.com had to think then don't usually have to spell it out because uh Usually I'll show people the name because it's a lot easier. And also props for anyone that can figure out what that name means and where it comes from. There was a clue in this in this podcast. Thank you very much for listening to this first episode. First episodes of anything are usually the worst. So probably in a year's time I'll look back at this and think, wow, that was terrible. But thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.